0: your fellow redeemed. We consider especially our reading, our gospel reading from the gospel of Luke chapter 9, the account of the transfiguration. Master, it is good for us to be here. Peter's that guy that speaks up when it seems like nobody else has anything to say and sometimes, maybe more often than not he shouldn't have anything to say either. But of all the things that he says, of all the times when maybe his rashness and brashness got the best of him, or maybe when his, his ideals and his ideas and his attitudes distracted from the mission of Christ, that one simple sentence, Master, it is good for us to be here, is something that he really he really hit the nail on the head. He really spoke the truth. The truth that as Jesus revealed his glory, as Jesus uncovered and unveiled his glory in the most full way, this side of his resurrection, as Jesus unveiled his glory, and there Moses and Elijah discussed with Jesus the fulfillment of the prophecies and his coming, suffering, his passion... Master, it is good for us to be here. Here at this mountain, Peter and James and John, yes, weighed down with with sleep and weighed down with heavy hearts because Jesus has been talking about his upcoming crucifixion. And Jesus has been talking about the fact that he'll be betrayed to death and handed over and crucified. Master, it is good for us to be here. Because in this this transfiguration, as Jesus reveals his glory, he doesn't do so simply to, to entertain us. And he doesn't do so with an empty promise that things will get better if you just hope for a better tomorrow. He reveals his glory so that you and I can have confidence and certainty in who he is. That was the whole point of his teaching all the way back in his first sermon at Nazareth and all of the miracles leading up after that. That was the point of all of his teaching and his preaching and the miracles of, of raising the dead and healing the sick and multiplying the loaves for the five thousand and for the four thousand and an entire like two and a half year ministry that we can press into two months. The entire purpose of that ministry. And both revealing his glory in the miracles as well as revealing his glory in his teaching is to give you certainty and confidence in who he is. That this Jesus wasn't some simply some great teacher and rabbi from Nazareth. And that this, this Jesus wasn't distant from the suffering of human life, but quite to the contrary that this Jesus is the same baby that the shepherds came to worship and visit, the same one whom Simeon and Anna held, and who, as Simeon said in, in his Song of Simeon, as we call it, Now let your servant depart in peace, for I have seen your promised incarnate saving word. That this Jesus Christ, the Son of Mary, Roughly, you know, a man in his early 30s here at the time of the transfiguration is at the same time eternally God, the one through whom all things were made. And he walked with people on this earth in order to win your salvation. And this time here at the Mount of Transfiguration is to give believers confidence and certainty That their God, yes, he hides his glory so that he can be with them. That this Jesus is exactly who he had promised to be and that he would continue to be with his people even after he ascended into heaven. That this Jesus would continue to hide his glory in order to be among his people exactly as he did so during his ministry and that this Jesus would reveal his glory in, in both the, the words that he gives, that scripture that you open, and he would, re- would reveal his glory in the miraculous things that he does. Miraculous things that, yes, exactly as in his own ministry. Miraculous things that are often hidden under an appearance of, of plainness and simplicity. Miraculous deeds such as the spiritual resurrection of holy baptism and the forgiveness of sins in his supper as he promises to be with his people again and to continue being with his people. Master, it is good for us to be here, and truer words have likely never been spoken. It is good for us to be here. and Maybe you've had that experience, it is good for us to be here, where in the light of Scripture, you see, you see life start to make sense. It is good for us to be here, where even through times of mourning and sorrow, in the light of Scripture, as Jesus comes to dwell among his people again, we see and we find comfort. Master, it is good for us to be here as we instruct our children and remind one another of the simple truths of our catechism and that these simple truths are not simple as in something to be set aside, but foundational as something to be never forgotten. Master, it is good for us to be here As, as we see reality as it is, that each of us comes into the presence of God where he reveals his glory by hiding his glory. That each of us comes into the presence of God where we confess, even as we stand in his own presence, as we confess, Lord, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others and what I've done and what I've left undone. Master, it is good for us to be here as your pastor gets to announce, Dear friend, your sin has been forgiven. Master, it is good for us to be here as we, as we hear the history of our salvation, dating back in today's reading at least, to Moses at Mount Sinai. As Paul explained, that, that old covenant, that conditional covenant between the Israelites and God, where God said to them that I will be your God if you keep my commandments, that that covenant is superseded by the covenant of grace and the promise that God made to Abraham. That promise first declared in Genesis chapter 12 that through Abraham's descendant all nations would be blessed. And perhaps as Moses put pen to parchment somewhere around 1400 B.C., he was waiting and watching and wondering. And here at the Mount of Transfiguration, We've got the person. (laughs) That's the fulfillment. We've got the person. As Jesus talks with Moses about his upcoming departure and all the promises that God had made to Abraham fulfilled. Master, it is good for us to be here. And that other guy, Elijah. Elijah who, if you read it, it looks like He's the last prophet of God holding on by his very fingernails and he goes through this emotional crisis and breakdown immediately after Jezebel had threatened his life. We all remember, um, or maybe you do, maybe you don't. But we remember the showdown at Mount Carmel. Elijah and one altar with the bull chopped up and the altar is drenched and the other altar and all the prophets of Baal dancing around it all day. And it doesn't look like a fair fight until God steps in. Master, it is good for us to be here because God revealed his glory that day not only in the falling of fire from heaven, but also in the following week and month and a half when Elijah is just despairing of life And God teaches him again that the power of God is not found in what is seen and what is visible, but the power of God is hidden in his word. That word that brings comfort, if you remember that, that word that was like a little whisper. And there, there, Master, it is good for us to be here. Maybe you've had that experience as well that experience of it's good for us to be here and it's good to stay in a little bit of the habit, even if it is a habit, it's a good habit to have, the habit of coming to church and gathering together with my my friends and my Christian family to be encouraged not only by the words that we hear and the songs that we sing and the sacrament that we receive, But even after that, to be encouraged by the fellowship that we share, the faith that we declare, and the time spent together around the Word of God. Master, it is good for us to be here. Because you know, it's not for a long time that we get to stay on this mountain. After the transfiguration finished, They were terrified, and they they hid their faces. And then when they looked up, Jesus was there alone. And they walked down the mountain together, and Jesus said, Don't mention this to anyone until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And they kept it quiet, discussing among themselves what it meant to rise from the dead. And there at the bottom, the base of the mountain, back in the valley... There is a man who has brought his son who is possessed by a demon. And shortly after that, Jesus resolutely sets his face toward Jerusalem, marching on toward what everybody knows will be his betrayal and his death. Master, it is good for us to be here. It is good to pause for a moment on the mountain with Jesus as he reveals his glory so that we have confidence and certainty in who he is, that the events of the upcoming Lenten season are not some chance accident, because he is not merely some good teacher, but that the events of the upcoming Lenten season and his betrayal by his closest friends and his crucifixion by the unjust government, that the events of that upcoming Lenten season are part of his plan to bring you salvation. And he reveals his glory to give you confidence and certainty in that fact. Because even though, even though it is good for us to be here, at some point we have to walk back down that mountain. And what do you find? What do you find back down that mountain when you get back to your everyday life When you get back to the pain of life in a sinful world, when you get back to the 24-hour news cycle that never gets anything right, but they still try. You find the father of a young man who vicared in Cincinnati about three years ago. The father, last name Herpichick, something like that, I slaughter anything in Cyrillic because... It's not native to us. But the young man who vicared at um, one of our churches in the Cincinnati area, um, his father is the president of our church in Ukraine. And about every day for the last two weeks, um, he's been talking with and kind of updating people in, in our church body here about the events that are going on there. When you walk back down the mountain, what do you see? You see blatant aggression and innocent civilians caught in the middle. You see people on one side of the world wondering and praying and saying, what can we do? And what can even a government do that won't spark something worse? But it doesn't have to be that. Maybe that walk back down the mountain is simply back to the drudgery of every day and the coworker that that knows you're a Christian and will take every opportunity to to mention or get in a little bit of a dig about how unreasonable and irrational that is. What do you find when you go back down the mountain? That back down that mountain even though life makes, might make perfect sense and we understand you know, a teaching or a doctrine and how it applies, back down that mountain, the battle continues. Between the sinful flesh that, that loves to do what it loves to do and loves to distort every motive and every word as well as it can, and back down that mountain, what do we see? That on the surface, maybe... Maybe the Christian life doesn't look too much different from that of the good citizen unbeliever. But if there's anything that we learned this epiphany season, it would be this one thing. That our Savior God loves to hide his glory. That our Savior God loves to hide his glory and even do his greatest work among people and in circumstances that look broken and hopeless, that when Peter, James, and John walked back down that mountain, they didn't leave Jesus up there. He walked with them back down into the valley to do his greater work of walking up Mount Calvary so that the Christians who walk with him can know and can have confidence. And certainty that my Savior God, my Savior God who has all of history in his hands, my Savior God also has all power and authority, and my Savior God loves me enough that he walked to that cross for me. And that no matter the circumstances that happen to fall upon you in that valley, no matter the pain and the heartache that you might have to endure in that valley, when you've got Jesus, you've got it all. When you've got Jesus walking with you, you've got almighty God, Emmanuel, there with you. And he still is. Not not in the sense of that we often talk about you know, focusing on all that we know about God from nature, that God is omnipresent and therefore Jesus is with you, it's more specific and it's more tangible than that. It's the reality that when you open this Bible, got one here, it's a little bit further down. When you open this Bible, there Jesus is to create and strengthen faith. When we we join in reciting these doctrinal truths, like in the Lord's Prayer or the Creed or the Catechism, we are reflecting what God has said in his word. When we gather together and that word is proclaimed and that word is shared or used, when you sit by yourself or with a loved one and look at that word together or discuss it, there Jesus is as he walks back down the mountain to be with his people in that valley, to encourage us with the reality that he's not some far-off God who is ignorant of, of the pain of this life and of the sin of people in this world, but that he is with you, exactly as he said, wherever two or three are gathered together and use his word or employ that word, or reflect that truth by their own words, there he is with them to guard and guide and shepherd his church. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week when we talk about especially what we're doing for for catechism here at Resurrection as well as kind of our small groups at Resurrection. Because that's one of the, that, that small group idea And catechism really go hand in hand. And that's one of the major things that we have to, that we're gonna be working on together this year. Because we live in a valley. And it's good, it's good to have fellow Christians walk with us through that valley, to open up scripture together in that valley and recognize that even though even though there are times when it does feel like a bit of a mountaintop experience and we gladly, gladly sing how good Lord to be here. It's not just the external circumstances of being on the mountain with Jesus that they rejoiced about. It's the reality that Jesus was with them in the valley too. That Jesus continues to be with believers on the other side of the world just as he is with you that Jesus continues to build his church through this word exactly as he promised that that when believers gather together and use this word there he is to bring the comfort and certainty that only he can bring that he hides his glory in order to reveal his glory that he uncovers and unveils this glory through his word so that you and I can say, you know what, no matter the circumstances, painful and distressing that they are, no matter the circumstances, I know that the Jesus of Christmas is still our Emmanuel today. Amen. (laughs)